anyway, there's an oil boom happening in North Dakota, and we have Blair Briody on tonight. She's a journalist that wants to cover all of it. She's got a, a big passion of making sure that everyone sees what's happening, talking about the American dream. So tonight, if you have questions about how to get things published, how to get your crowdfunding kicked, kickstarted, fair-streeted, um, etc., then tune in for the entire 30 minutes and use the hashtag YFEChat. This is your host, Jennifer Dono. I am your host, Jennifer Dono, for another weekly YFE Chat Live that happens every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern here at YFELive.com. And tonight's episode is brought to you by Ovali.tv. Ovali TV hosts and produces live video events built to meet your objective. Visit Ovali.tv to request a free 30-minute consultation today to find out more about going live with your brand. And so every Thursday night we bring in someone new, someone exciting, or a new topic, something that can just kind of spark our minds and make us think a little bit differently when it comes to building our businesses. And tonight's guest is Blair Briotti, and she is uh, kickstarting, not kickstarting, she's actually using this really cool uh, crowdfunding platform called fairstreet.com. It's a new one that I haven't heard of yet, so we're going to get her take on why she chose to use this platform, what the benefits are, and then also uh, talking about the project The Oil Men. That's her project that she's getting funded for, and it's all about the oil boom in North Dakota. And if you haven't heard about this yet, then make sure that you watch the entire 30 minutes because it's something that's interesting that I don't feel like is really being, like Blair says in a number of publications I've read, um, she says that there's not enough being being said about this. Journalists show up for a day, they leave, and there, it's just an entirely different economy happening there. Um, if you visited her Fair Street project page, she talks about how McDonald's has a, a signing bonus. So you get a job there, and I think she said something like a $200 signing bonus. And um, housing is hard to find. It's expensive to live there because people are getting paid $120,000 plus um, a year by these oil companies. So anyway, it's going to be a really interesting conversation that will hopefully get us thinking about a few different things. Um, but before we get into too much, I want to thank everyone that's showing up live. I really appreciate it. And um, Nikki Steele, she's on. Um, oh, gosh, I love all the blog posts she does. She will sometimes recap the YFE chat lives. If any of you guys want to do that, I am so excited to share all of them because it's always fun to get other perspectives in the conversation, right? And so sharing insight, things that you found during the video that the guest said, mentioned, etc., and how you apply it into your own business. We all learn from all that. So Nikki Steele has done that a few times. And she was on Instagram earlier sharing what she's dining on today. Um, popcorn and champagne. And I'm very envious. And uh, she, Nikki, I don't, did I wear this shirt last week? <laughs> I might have. So I apologize um, if I did. So anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for showing up live. Before we bring on our guest Blair, I want to go ahead and talk about the latest at YFE, which is brought to you by MailChimp. Another one of our awesome sponsors, MailChimp, is the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today at MailChimp.com. 
Um, hopefully you've signed up for our Mailed It newsletter. It's yfe.me slash Mailed It. Using the hashtag Mailed It, too, sometimes when we send them out. So, um... Anyway, the the mail that um, recently that we sent out was about tonight, but we have a number of uh, really cool events that are happening. If you're in the Seattle area, you probably got a mailer from us. We are. Um, I'm going to be at Vlogger Fair this weekend, which is by Chris Perillo, who's a very prominent YouTuber in our area. He's bringing together YouTubers from around the world, and so it's a big unconference type of a thing where people are showing up to network to meet other vloggers to um, to cross promote. So if you're a business owner that is in Portland, Vancouver, Seattle area, show up to Vlogger Fair this weekend. Um, if you can't go for whatever reason, I believe they have a live stream that's happening. Um, but I feel like the biggest impact of why you go to an event like this is to just meet other people that are doing what you're doing and to ask questions. And most importantly, to just um, to collaborate on things, especially when it comes to vlogging. It seems like that's where the power happens. Um so, uh, make sure that you check that out. It's at vloggerfair.com. And I actually have a 50% off link uh, courtesy Jenny Hogan, the beautiful Jenny Hogan. Um, she's a an anchor in our area um, or a past, um, you'll probably know her from Cairo, I believe is what she was on. And now she's huge in social media. And she's also one of the pioneering live streaming social media personalities um, of today, which is really interesting. So make sure that you guys follow her. I believe it's at Jenny Hogan with an I, Jenny. Um, she's really cool. So uh, she has a 50% off link. I'll have to share in the comments or somehow later on today. Um, but apart from that, YFE Seattle is having another event on Thursday, June 13th. And I saw Tessa in the chat room. She's our one of our YFE city coordinators. I adore Tessa and Christina. They're our city coordinators in Seattle. They are, their events always prove to be um and just awesome really real really cool people show up awesome speakers and so um the speakers that are presenting i think i have a screen capture of them um one of them was geek wires uh, yeah a nominee for um their ceo of the year i believe is what it, the title was or the nomination was for and this liz pierce ceo of liquid planner and then we've also got um a couple other speakers and a um, really cool location. Awesome sponsors, too. Yeah, there's Tessa and Christina. So make sure that you show up to Seattle's event on the 13th and RSVP as soon as you can because they are giving away some really cool swag bags, but it's only for the first, you know, couple um, people that sign up. So make sure that you do that as soon as possible. And finally, before we bring Blair on, thanks, guys, for for handling um, the, the recap stuff, um, which I... Corey Freeman, you're too brain dead for this. I totally understand. It's been a really long week, but I want to make sure that everyone gets a nice shout out. Um, Corey says she's brain dead. <laughs> um, so uh, the last one is for Bootstrap Book Club, and we've got two. I just want to shout out to these women because I absolutely adore them. Uh, Jennifer Kent and uh, Chandra Russell, they're our hosts for the Bootstrap Book Club. There's Jennifer Kent. So we're just finishing it up. So make sure that you go to facebook.com slash group slash Bootstrap Book Club, something like that and answer the questions, get in the discussion. And they've been so good about posting each week. I think I have a couple, a couple of their, um, their images up there if you can. Uh, and I just am very grateful for all the discussion, as I mentioned earlier in the group. It's a lot of like, I just, we're already on to our next book soon. And I was mentioning, mentioning Kickstart Kitchen, the girls that founded it, Jules and Christina. Um, no, that's so off. <laughs> our producers is off. Uh, it's two women. Over on the very bottom right. 
there we go there they are um so anyway uh we're just moving on to our next one and so as mentioning it's it's crazy that we're already getting into our next book so hopefully you guys can join us there so without further ado now that i've talked for way too long um, but I hope I get to see you guys outside of the live stream in other places. So try and sign up for something else or be somewhere else and see me. So anyway, if you're just showing up live now, we're going to be talking about The Oil Men, a project off of fairstreet.com created by Blair Briotti. Very excited to welcome her on in just a minute. I want to get uh, you guys caught up with where I am and show you her video uh, and let you learn a little bit about what she's doing. My name is Blair Briardy, and I work at the Fiscal Times as an editor and writer, and I cover the job market and unemployment, career trends, um, education, technology, science, um, and a bunch of other subjects. But I've been following what's been going on in North Dakota for a while now, and I've been really fascinated by what's going on there. There's a huge oil boom, thousands of men and a few women are coming, arriving every, you know, week and trying to get jobs there. It has the lowest unemployment rate in the entire country. And when the rest of America is still struggling, where what's it like to be in a place where there are too many jobs? Um, and there's been man camps that have cropped up, like in Walmart parking lots. And I want to go see what's really going on there. There's not a lot of reporters out there. And um, the ones that do cover it, it's like they just hop in for a week and then head back to their office in New York and I want to live there for at least two months. Um, so I really want to to look at this in a, a deeper way than, than just a magazine article can. America's going through this huge shift, uh, especially with the blue collar workforce. Um, there's just not a huge workforce in manufacturing anymore. Agriculture has been large, largely automated, um, so that's hard to find a job in anymore. Um, and so a lot of these guys maybe have gone to construction, but then only to get laid off during the recession. So what do they do now? They're, there's not a whole lot for them to do, and these are like manly men. I think a lot of these men feel completely lost in this economy, and so they're hoping to, to find something in North Dakota and they've heard of stories of you know 22 year olds making a hundred grand a year and and it's very much you know like the American dream they feel like they can be a part of this it was very sort of quiet quaint place lots of open space lots of beautiful scenery um, and very small towns like it had the lowest uh, population in the entire country and then suddenly there's this huge boom where people are becoming millionaires. The locals really aren't seeing a lot of the wealth um, trickle down. So I'm writing a narrative nonfiction book about what's going on there. Um, I want to have a photo element to this too and a blog. Um, so people who donate, they will get something out of it um, no matter what happens to the book. Um, I will be you know, having a photographer with me. It's also just, you know, the quintessential American story. It's risking everything to pursue a better life. I want to see, you know, what happens when a small town mm -hmm. becomes yeah. this all-male metropolis and, and then what happens when it all goes away.
All right, so we just learned a little bit about um, about the oil men, and now we've got Blair Briotti on. Blair, thank you so much for being live with us. So why, I mean, oh, there we go. <laughs> so why, why Williston, why oil? I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I, I've met a number of men that have recently come back from North Dakota. I know of a number of other stories of people that have gone over there. And I know very faintly about what's happening. And I understand more needs to be done about covering what this phenomenon. But uh, why the passion for oil in North Dakota? Where is all this stemming from? Why are you doing this? Well, it's, a lot of people ask me that, and it's funny because I'm not an expert in oil or energy. I've never actually been to North Dakota, so it is a good question. <laughs> um, what gave me the idea is around last fall, I read a news article about um, these homeless oil workers living in a Walmart parking lot, and I was shocked this was happening, and I hadn't heard about it. And um, I've always loved adventure journalism and journalists who kind of immerse themselves in these crazy situations and write what happens. And so I'd been looking for something because I've always wanted to write a book. And so after this Walmart story, I just kept thinking about it and I started reading everything I could find about the oil boom and I just couldn't stop. I couldn't get it out of my mind. And then when this Fair Street um, project came up, um, my friend approached me about it and I was like, you know, this is, this is it. This is the time to go do this. This is the book I want to write. So that's how it happened. Very cool. Now your background is actually, you're a journalist and what publication do you work for again? I work for the Fiscal Times. So I cover job news, the economy, um, and then a lot of other topics as well. So, and I should mention that everyone that's watching live, you're able to to actually chat in the questions uh, live to Blair in the chat box below, but you can also uh, call in. We have the, our call-in line open tonight at um, 855-415-4YFE. I see if we can put that in the lower thirds for you guys. So if you have a question for Blair about getting published or about her project, make sure that you can call in or chat in your questions, and I'll make sure they get over to her. Um, but Blair, so um, talking about the, the project, I, one of the things that struck me was the idea of that you're, you're researching or finding out more or commenting on um, the American dream. And a lot of the people that we've had on this show, um, one of them is Nancy of uh, Sweet, Sweet Tea Salon, I believe is what it's called. And um, you guys will have to check her out. She's fantastic. Great interview. She was um, someone that came into the U.S. with her parents at a very young age. And she is someone that I see as really exemplifying the idea or the ideal of the American dream. Um, what do you see, as in co coming into this project, what do you see as the modern day American dream? And uh, what do you hope to discover when you go to North Dakota? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the American dream question is a tough question and kind of an ever-evolving question. I mean, for some people, it's about finding their dream job or becoming wildly successful, and for others, it's simply to support their family or, and send their kids to college, you know. Um, I think with the, the workers heading into North Dakota, most of them are men, and a lot of them have suffered a great deal during the recession, so they may be worked in industries like manufacturing which have become largely automated or they were in construction and were laid off um, with everyone else in the recession and so a lot of them the few that I've talked to and I think this is a larger trend that I'll be exploring 
a lot of them, I think, have been sitting home for years while their wives are becoming the breadwinners, um, and they're collecting, you know, unemployment or looking for jobs that that really don't cater to their skills. And so I think for them, going to North Dakota is not only a way for them to pursue the American dream, but kind of also to take back their masculinity and feel confident about themselves again. That's interesting. I mean, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's so much that could be said about this. I just looking at some of the images and I'm, we're going to get to in a second what it is. Cause you're not just doing a book about this. You're a writer. Um, but you also have partners that are going to be creating, um, some photo, uh, there's going to be a photo element and uh, a film element to this. But uh, in terms of what it is that you're, you're researching and how, how you've de- uh, already gone into this project, what is it that's happening? Like I mentioned earlier, uh, you, you talk about on the Fair Street uh, page how McDonald's is giving out signing bonuses. What other kind of crazy things that you can't really see anywhere else happening right now but that you see in North Dakota? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, as you said, the, you know, these, the, the, um, jobs like McDonald's or Walmart or sort of these low skill jobs, they can't find people to work them because you can't pay someone $10 an hour when there's all these other higher paying jobs out there. And the living costs are so high. So like it costs, um, people are telling me $7 for a gallon of milk. Um, it's about $2,000 for a month for a one bedroom apartment. That's That's Manhattan prices, you know? So it's really hard to live out there you're only making uh, $10 an hour. So McDonald's and Walmart and all these places are really struggling. Like they're, they can't find enough waitresses. They can't, they can't find, a lot of the women are telling me they can't find any daycare for their children. The schools are overcrowded. The North Dakota just simply doesn't have enough resources for all these people to be supporting all these people. So it's creating lots of problems and interesting issues and, um, well, and you know why I liked, um, I wanted to have you on this is because I do, I, I like that you're focusing on, you know, in part, here are all the problems that are happening. You're just saying, here's all the issues. There's this big boom happening. How can we fix all this? And you know who's really good at fixing things are entrepreneurs. And so it seemed like this was a, an area ripe for 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 solving, for problem solving. And this is exactly what entrepreneurs do. So if you're looking for a new project, all of you young female entrepreneurs out there, um, it seems like this is a space where you can really do that. So one of, um, we have a couple of questions in the chat. One is from Chris Stotler. Chris, hopefully I, I pronounced your last name right. And that is ex- ex- approximately what percentage of professionals work in North Dakota in the oil rigs, uh, working in the oil rigs are female and what percentage of men are single out there? I don't know if you've gotten that far in your research, but if you can give us an idea of what kind of women um, or what percentage of women that are actually in the oil, so not just like, you know, working at McDonald's or being a waitress that are actually in there, and then um, what kind of of marriage ratios we've got out there. Um, Yeah, I know there are very few women out there, and especially working in oil. Um, There are, I think if they do go into it, they're more likely to be an engineer working on the oil rigs or uh, the support staff I know like a lot of the um, medical staff is will attract females um, and I'm sure there I'm sure there are though a handful of women that are working on the rigs and I hope to find them and interview them and then I do think it's a lot of single men um, there's I think the age is pretty young 
or it's it's men going out there and le- leaving their families um, in a different state and only able, you know, they're only able to visit their families once in a while. Um, so, so they're kind of, you know, becoming this almost like a migrant worker. So with that being said, uh, one of the, another question is from Nikki Steele. She's asking what your biggest challenge is going to be as far as the research and reaching out to workers uh, conveying the scope. So what's your big, biggest challenge going to be considering that all of these people, I mean, they probably work crazy hours. It's 40 degrees below, I believe, in the winter, I think you said. It's harsh conditions and very strange uh, environment. So what are your biggest challenges in terms of getting started? Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's going to be challenges the whole way. I mean, just even finding a place for, for me to live is going to be hard. Um, it looks like I'm going to be living in my parents' camper, um, and we're trying to find a good spot for to put it. Um, so, and then, and then it's really, I mean, it's really hard to know what it's going to be like out there. I'm trying to make as many contacts right now as possible um, to connect me with people, and then it's also going to be a big challenge just to find that that focus for the book because um there's so much to cover and I want to cover it all but I have to pick one direction um to focus on so that makes sense so now you actually have a number of like I mentioned you have a couple partners that are doing um the there's uh someone in in photography and someone that is being um taking more of the documentary angle so why did well first of all okay first of all how are you forming this this entity i mean this is something that you're going to fairstreet.com and you're getting um crowdfunding to get the project moving so it's not like this a separate media company is funding this right this is kind of like blair's thing so how are you how are you organizing this project is this a comp this your is this your own media company what does that look like um yeah you know it's it's sort of just um, a DIY uh, project. We, you know, I know the photographer and the documentary filmmaker, and um, I'll I'll be mainly like finding the subjects and and kind of uh, picking the direction, and then I'm I'm hiring them sort of on a freelance basis um, with the funds that we raise to to fly them out there and for them to to do some work out there. So. So there's no type of like equity promise at the end or anything like that. It's really they're no. being hired I mean, by you. It's your project. They'll own their work. You know, like once they their photos and the video, they'll they'll own that completely. So they can definitely take that, um, and do, you know, what they want with it. But but for my purposes, I really wanted a multimedia element to this. I think um, even. You know, I love reading books, but not everyone consumes stories, likes to consume stories that way. And I think in the digital age, it's important for authors to kind of think um, more of the project as a multimedia platform. Um, so I hope we can just, uh, the, each, each element to the project can kind of play off of each other. And um, I love collaborating. So... That's a, that's a great point, though, that you brought up as far as um, the multimedia piece. So it's not just an ebook, It's not just a hard copy self-published book or anything like that. You've really covered all bases. And I think maybe 
Do you feel like that um, it's on a case-by-case -case basis, so not everyone needs to have that that's creating a book or, um, you know, trying to tell a story? Because North Dakota, it is. It's so it's so visual. Um, that's something that we don't get to see. What does it look like? What What's happening on the ground? Um, do you think it's case-by-case -case basis, or is this is this something like worldwide that you're seeing in, in media? I mean, I think it's it's definitely becoming more popular, too. I mean, I think if you're going to have an ebook, how cool would that be to be reading about this main character and then suddenly you have this slideshow showing this character in their, in their element. So I think it can just really enhance the whole experience. Um, and, and I know I, I love photography. I love documentaries. So it's exciting for me as well. So on your Fair Street page, I'm um, getting into the crowdfunding element of all of this because it's, it's going to be expensive no matter what. I mean, if you're talking about somewhere where a one-bedroom apartment is $1,000 a month, it's going to cost you a nice amount of money. Um, and Fair Street, why? so a couple of questions. Why did you choose Fair Street as a platform? And then also, you have this really interesting partnership with Social Catalyst in that they're matching the sponsorship. Um, how, why Fair Street, and then how did this partnership come about? For anyone that's interested in crowdfunding, how could they replicate this? Well, Fair Street is it's similar to places like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but the the way Fair Street's different is they they kind of give you a great support team. Um, they vet each project carefully, so they only take on you know certain projects, and they put a ton of effort into promoting it and helping it get funded. Um, so I would highly recommend them. They're brand new, so they're they're looking for new projects, um, and they also paid for the video to be done, which is you as you saw was very professional, and I think that would have been hard for me to do on my own, um, and I think that made a huge difference. And then they also really believed in my project and gave me sort of that push that I needed to start it. Um, and I think with Kickstarter, Indiegogo, you're pretty much on your own. So they sound um, like m very much more one-on-one, -on -one, like personalized service over just kind of a platform that you can put something out on. Right, yeah. Um, and then the social catalyst was, I mean, I was shocked. I mean, it was a surprise to me. It was, they, that, and that was through the Fair Street team. They actually sent my project to this social catalyst company that they, you know, they knew the founder and they told him about it and I think he's was just really interested in the topic um, you know he saw what happened in Alberta Canada with their oil boom and so they they chose to sponsor the, the project and match um, funds that had that were that came in, in the last uh, couple weeks so that's so cool it was yeah it was very exciting and so, so I don't know how often they do that but but a lot of this was all of Fair Street. It wasn't you going out and actively. Because, you know, we've had a number of crowdfunding. You're probably one of the last crowdfunding people have on the show. Because cause I always think it's interesting when um, these projects come up that are trying to get funded. Um, I, I, you know, I in part want to just share what's being, you know, uh, what's cool that's happening and that needs money, basically, in order to happen. But the other part is just the journey of getting uh, funding. Is it's, it's in of itself very interesting. It's a lot of work from what I've... Um, our past people that are Kickstarters. I mean, we've had a couple Kickstarters on that have made a nice amount of money. One of them made a million dollars within, like, the first 24 hours. That was a different kind of story. But, um, 
But it, they've all said, like the one that made a million dollars, they had a staff of seven people that were on it that were trying to get this going. A couple of the ones that were young female entrepreneurs that are, you know, small, asking for 10000 or under, they still had, they were completely dedicated. They'd literally stand in the grocery line and hand someone a card and say, fund my project. Is that... Is that the kind of experience you guys had, or was it more of just like Fair Street took care of a lot of the stuff, and so you could focus on your art versus on, on um, the entrepreneurial part of it? I mean, yeah, they they definitely helped promote it, but it really, it was completely not what I expected, and it was way more work than I expected as well. It, even though everyone told me it was going to be a lot of work, it was still more than I expected. I and bet. I, I think what surprised me most is I, I kind of pictured getting tons of publicity because I have lots of media contacts and and then tons of strangers would come and give small amounts to the project and we'd get to $10,000 but in reality the money really comes from people like my 95 year old grandma (laughs) and my fifth grade teacher and so many friends and family who like just showed incredible generosity and like even when they they themselves don't have that much and and so I feel this immense responsibility with this money that to make sure it's spent wisely and to make you know this project the best it can be um so it was a really humbling experience and I was very overwhelmed with the support and kindness that I was shown but it was definitely not any strange it was like maybe five strangers gave so it was not what I expected in that in that sense I think that's a a great takeaway um uh, insights, I guess I could, I guess you could say into into the whole crowdfunding experience because that is kind of what I I look at, pla- you know, at Fair Street and other places, and I think, wow, these people, like, what what prompts someone to give money to someone where you're not going to see the what you've paid for until you know months out. Uh, so that's great to to keep that in mind. Um, and then Nikki Steele, who's who's a writer, uh, a fantastic writer. She's saying that you're still doing all the work. So kudos for you, Blair. So really good job. I agree, Nikki. Um, and then just in closing, um, Chris Stotler was also asking another question about the oil boom and how long it's lasting in North Dakota. Um, can you leave us with any thoughts as far as um, your project goes and maybe what it is that you hope to um, to come away with knowing, like some ideas that you're thinking, okay, this is what the oil boom is going to look like or this is what I, I expect to see um, so that in, you know, six months later we can look at this video and look at your project and be like, wow, those, her expectations were totally different, etc. Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's an interesting question because I, as much as I'm trying to do research now, um, I kind of don't want to, to, to project too much until I actually see what's happening um, while I'm there. But, um, you know, I really, I really want to look at this um, in a bigger picture way and see, like, what, what does this mean for all of us? You know, like, it's really interesting to hear about what's happening there. But, but what does it mean for the environment? What does it mean for energy um, independence? What does it mean for sort of this new, this new way of blue collar work? Um, and, and is this the new, the new way for blue collar workers to, to survive in this country? So that's really what I'm hoping to, to look at when I'm out there. 
Very nice. Well, um, so Blair, where can we find this project on on Fair Street and and support you and find out and just keep keep tabs with you basically as you move because this is this is going to be really interesting just to keep up on your Twitter feed and see yeah, what's I'll, going on. I'll be blogging about it. I'll be keeping everyone updated. So the best way probably is to find the Oil Men on fa- on Facebook and like that page um, because I've been updating most regularly on there then uh my twitter handle is just blair briody um so that will help and then um you know i'll i still have to get all of the blogging platform stuff ready so so as long as you um you find me on facebook and twitter you'll you'll get all that information I'm excited. I think this is just an insane adventure. Talk about the American dream. You, you, uh, you know, talk. You know, you're going to be capturing these people that are doing the same thing that you're doing. You're basically throwing away everything, risking a lot, a full-time job, and going to go cover this and kind of living out what it is that you want to do, living out your passion. And I think that's something to to um, be inspired by. So, Blair, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This is really great. And good luck. Good luck with everything. I hope you reach your goals and um, keep us keep us in the loop of what happens. I will. Thank you so right. much. Thanks, Blair. So we've been we've been watching Blair. Um, she is doing a Fair Street project, uh, crowdfunding it to get over to North Dakota, and it's going to be a really interesting. Um, interesting journey for her so make sure that you guys follow her on twitter and that you check out her fair street page and i believe it's fair fair.st forward slash oilman um next thursday we've got another wifey chat live at 6 p.m pacific 9 eastern thank you so much for showing up live tonight and um, we missed at the stacy harris on our twitter handle on wife entrepreneur but we had Catherine over there um, and so hopefully everyone can connect us with us with YFE on Twitter at twitter.com slash YFEntrepreneur. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash YFEntrepreneur at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. Make sure that you sign up for Mailed It to keep in, in touch with all of us. I hope to see you guys at Vlogger Fair. Hopefully you guys will check out the Seattle event that's coming up and that you join Bootstrap Book Club. This has been Jennifer Dono with Young Female Entrepreneurs. Hope to see you again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern here at yfelive.com.